Owen, do you know what week it is? Cool. I, I think I have a inkling. I have a, think I've. I can smell what week it is. <sighs> do you, do you do you smell what the LSU Tigers are cooking? Or what are they're going to be cooking in Bryant Denny Stadium? It smells spicy. For those of you who are unaware. Um, LSU plays a particular opponent this week, and uh, arguably it is our most hated rival of the uh, 21st century. I feel like that's fair to say. 100%. 100%. Um, Owen, it's Bama Hate Week here it's again Bama on the Panther Hate Pod. Um, no, we're going to cover that game. We're going to cover BYU-West Virginia, and we've got five great games that are going to happen uh, over the weekend that we think you guys should watch. So with that, let's go ahead and get into it. My name's Cole Connor. I'm Owen Spownick. This is Bama Hate Week here on the Panthropod. All right, so getting into it first before we start SEC teams here. Oh, wait. We already are starting with an SEC team. <laughs> Would you look at that? <laughs> uh, and Technically, it, they're a Big 12 team this year. They're a Big 12 team, and they're just they're trying to escape the Big 12 here as they're going to the SEC where they might actually win a conference game. Who knows? Ooh. Probably not. <laughs> uh, Ooh, we all as know, Texas is 4-1 and one in conference. They are 4-1 and one in conference after losing to Oklahoma in the Red River shootout. Kansas State Wildcats travel down to Austin, Texas to take on the Texas Longhorn Cole. Say it with me. Horns down. Um, <clears throat> Kansas State is your 2022-2023 Big 12 champs from a year ago after a stunning stunning win over <clears throat> after a stunning win over uh, TCU, even though TCU was a playoff team, they won, went to the national championship game. Kansas State folks was the Big 12 Champion from last from a yes. year ago. Okay, they look to try to repeat that, and honestly, <clears throat> it's very much possible. They're only four and one in conference. They are along with <clears throat> Texas, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, and Oklahoma. Iowa State. How about the rebound for the I Cyclones? Know, five and three start, but four and one in conference. Four and one in conference and second place in the rankings here. Um, but Kansas State. They uh, their only loss coming from Oklahoma State, a very close loss, twenty one twenty nine. That go to the Cowboys. Kansas State rounds out the top five in Big Twelve standings. Whoever wins this game has a really good shot to stay in contention. And honestly, even with two losses, they're not out of it. Okay, there are only two teams that have two losses in the Big Twelve, that being Kansas and West Virginia. The rest of the teams, it's wide open. It is literally a five-horse race for the conference title game and expect it to stay that way, if not grow, as the year goes on. Okay, Absolutely. I think um, either one of these teams have a real shot at making the Big 12 championship game. Um, However, that being said, Texas has the best chance to advance into the CFP um, at this very, very moment. As we all know, CFP poll uh, came out this past Sunday. Uh, or excuse me, came out on Monday. Um, I am. We are going to cover that on our recap episode uh, coming up, um, just so that way we can kind of get a week in with the CFP rankings. We also already said goodbye to the AP poll, so uh, be sure to check us out on that for next episode. 
Um, looking at this game, this is really I, – I know we've always kind of keyed in on the quarterback matchup. I think this is a great game to continue to do that. Excuse me. Um, Will Howard and Quinn Ewers. Uh, Will Howard is 137 for 215 on the season. Uh, 1,628 passing yards, 14 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Quinn Ewers, 151 for 213, 1,915 yards passing, 13 touchdowns, 3 interceptions. Uh, No doubt about it, Quinn Ewers is the better quarterback out of the two, but Will Howard is as explosive as Quinn Ewers, if not a little bit more so. However... Quinn Ewers is out with an injury this week. He did. Oh, that's right. He did get out with an injury. So Malik Murphy is prepared to start for the Longhorns this week. So, um, and Malik Murphy, not a bad backup quarterback. No. Uh, he did uh, well against. Uh, he did well last week again uh, for Texas. He did well in the spring game. So I think Texas feels confident. Would you rather have Quinn Ewers uh, under center? Absolutely. But you've got Xavier Worthy. Uh, you got Xavier Worthy out <clears throat> out wide for Texas. You've got Jalen Brooks, uh, Jonathan Brooks, excuse me, not Jalen Brooks. So many Jalen's, Jonathan's, Jaden's, JT's, so many. Uh, <clears throat> Most with the last name Daniels. And a lot with the last name Daniels. But Jonathan Brooks, uh, they're in the backfield as well. I think Texas has plenty of weapons. They are looking good in the trenches, both offensively and defensively. <clears throat> the line here is in favor of Texas by four points. However, I think that line may be a little bit closer with Quinn Ewers being out. In my mind, now Vegas obviously thinks different, but in my mind, I think uh, Kansas. I think the wrong team is favored, and I'm going to go with Kansas State in this one because Kansas State is gritty. They're not flashy. They're ready for a Big 12 championship. And I just I I really like their I really like their head coach. Okay? Came from North Dakota State, won a national title or two or three <laughs> with the with the Bison. Come um and Chris Kleiman comes on down to uh Manhattan, Kansas and takes the Wildcats to a Big 12 championship game. Uh yeah, give me the Wildcats in this one. I will take a different set of Wildcats this uh this week. Um Owen, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Horns down 24-7, 365. But in this particular week, horns up. Give me the Longhorns. Um, I think that Sarkey Baby has the Longhorns coached up to perfection. Um, Even if they have spotty quarterback play, I still think that um, they are going to outperform uh, Kansas State on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. I think Texas is the better team going into this matchup. Plus, they are in Austin. They are. It's in hard Austin. to pick against the Longhorns when they're. Playing but you know, in you know, Kansas also rolled. Another Kansas team also rolled in there and uh, beat them in Austin too. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Next up, we are going to go full-blown SEC with this pick. It is the Mizzou Tigers. Missouri Tigers take on the number two Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, Georgia is predicted to win this game with an 83% chance of winning. The line is 15.5 in favor of Georgia. I call bullcrap on this. This, again, I th- I don't think that the wrong team is favored, but I think, I think, the, I think this is like a, a – like, Egg you on bet. Go on. Go ahead. Go ahead yeah. and bet the 15. 
Go ahead. Go ahead and bet the over on I, 54 for yeah, Georgia. Yeah, no, I agree with the line. I don't Excuse me. I don't disagree with the team who is favored. I don't disagree with the team who is favored either. However, I think it's going to be a better game than what than what Vegas is thinking than what 15 ESPN and a half is thinking. Is a crazy spread. It is game. it is crazy spread. Yes, Missouri has lost to LSU, okay? But at the same time, that game was probably the roughest game that we've played and won this year. Mm-hmm. Um, that we came away with a ten point lead, but we didn't get that ten point lead until midway through the fourth quarter. Mizzou is a tough team. They are tough offensively. They are tough defensively. Um, that being said. What is sparking them on offense right now is their quarterback, uh, junior Brady Cook, 2,259 yards passing, 15 touchdowns, three interceptions so far this season. Uh, absolute workhorse uh, back there. Carson Beck, uh, Dejan Edwards, and uh, is Brock Bowers back for this game? Brock Bowers is not. He is a season ending. Season oh, ending. season ending. I th- I'm, I'm fairly certain that Brock Bowers is season is a season ending injury. That being said, we saw last week against Florida. Just because Brock Bowers is out for the remainder of the season doesn't necessarily mean that Carson Beck can't spread the love around and you know find a new number one uh, receiver. Um, I'm not going with the upset pick here. Give me the Bulldogs. I I hate to say it because I true I do think that Mizzou is a up and coming program. Um, that being said, I think the they pick the worst time to be up and coming in the SEC East. I really I would really love to see Missouri pull the upset here, um, being in Sanford Stadium and being an athlete. Oh, this would be a historic upset. This, this would be the upset of the year. Okay, yes. It would replace Kansas beating Oklahoma. Yes. I and this and honestly, like it does not matter if Missouri wins out and so does Georgia, but Missouri had beaten Georgia. Missouri's in the title game. Yeah, Missouri's in the LSU. against against an SEC West team. Um, what do you mean? Against LSU. Against an SEC West team. Against LSU. Come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, a certain SEC West team will be in the conference in the Southeastern Honestly, Conference. Honestly, the way it's shaping up, it's probably going to be Ole Miss. <laughs> what what an SEC championship game. Mizzou, Zoo Ole, and Miss. Ole Miss. One can dream. One can dream. No, it's probably going to be Georgia-Bama for oh, the 20th time. Yeah. Um, uh, Drinkowitz is building something special down in Missouri. I really, 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 really want Missouri to win this game. However, I am going to be picking the bull. I may be hopeful, but I'm not dumb. Okay, yeah. So I am going to pick the Bulldogs in this one. Give me Georgia. Um, it's going to be a close game, though, because if it was a close game last year, yeah, when Missouri was not great, think about what it's going to be like this year, and they're they're doing pretty well for themselves. Uh, shout out JTC, by the way. We have JTC repping us in Dubuff. Uh Jay, anything you want to say to uh, your adoring fans? Go Dukes. Go Dukes. That was a message brought to you by JTC. JTC. Um, all right, so all, all all eyes on Georgia here for this one. Uh, next up for the Panther Pod going to the ACC here, um, the U, Miami. Miami. Uh, it's taking on NC State Wolfpack. Uh, Wolfpack is back causing mass destruction. Uh, this is Tyler Van Dyke versus Brendan Armstrong. Um, teams that we've both covered. F- 
teams that we've both covered fairly heavily uh, here on the Panther Pod. Uh, Miami, obviously, they're six and two, two and two in conference. NC State, five and three, two and two in conference. Both teams are really at this point, I feel like, out of conference contention unless something truly terrible happens to Louisville, Virginia Tech, and Georgia Tech at this point. But at the same time, uh, NC State is playing and fighting for bowl eligibility. Uh, Miami is still trying to have a you know solid enough ten win season. So, um, looking at their last fives, uh, Miami beat UVA in overtime, beat Clemson in double overtime, lost to UNC, lost to Georgia Tech, and won against Temple 41-7. NC State in their last five uh, beat Clemson 24-17, lost to Duke 24-3, won against Marshall 48-41, uh, lost to Louisville 13 to 10 and beat UVA 24 to 21. Owen, you're going to call me crazy here. ESPN has Miami favored 65.9 to NC State's 34.1. This is in Raleigh, North Carolina, in Carter Finley Stadium. Um, Miami is favored by four and a half, and the over under is 45.5. You know what all of this has told me? Jack Diddley. NC State is the better team heading into this matchup. They're more battle-tested, and they've got better wins than Miami has. Give me the Wolfpack. I disagree. Okay. I disagree. I think the Wolfpack is Playing, they're playing good football right now. They are five and three. They do have a close loss to Louisville, but they got blown out by Duke. Okay, uh, they also got blown out by Notre Dame. They did beat Clemson, but Clemson's on a down year. They barely, they were all, they were being held on the ropes by Marshall. Okay, not a great Marshall team at that. And then they barely beat UVA. They beat UVA by three. All right. Miami yeah, also had to go beat, into overtime with Miami. They okay. beat UVA in regulation. Miami didn't beat UVA in regulation. They had to go to overtime. They did have to go to three. overtime. Okay. Okay. They also had to go into double overtime with Clemson. I get that. Uh, they kind of held strong with, with UNC, but not really. Um, then they have just a stupid loss with Georgia Tech. Should never have been that close. However, Miami is the better team. Okay, and I'm not sold on Mario Cristobal just yet. I think Miami is having a lot of ups and downs in its first two years, not as stable as we thought the Cristobal era uh, was going to go uh, in for for the Canes. However, I am picking the U in this because I think Miami, I trust Miami more than I do with NC State. Brendan Armstrong is not playing the ball, the, the type of ball that we thought he was or that, that that we saw that he could do at UVA. He's not doing it. Okay, no. He is the leading rusher, but he's not. But he's got more interceptions than he does touchdowns throwing the ball. So that tells me he's putting the ball a lot in harm's way. And Tyler Van Dyke is too. He's got eight interceptions on the season, but he's also got 16 touchdowns. Yeah, that 50-50 split is what you're looking for out of a college quarterback. Exactly. So I'm taking the U in this one. To me, Miami overall just see, just appears to be the stronger team. Um, now, if they make a lot of mistakes, which they are prone to doing, then absolutely NC State can win this game. But I think if they just keep if they keep it clean, 
and Tyler Van Dyke doesn't put the ball in harm's way and just lets Brennan Armstrong mess up, Miami will be fine. And I'm picking the U for this. Agree to disagree. All right. We got App State, four and four, two and two in conference. We have the Thundering Turd, four and four, one and three in conference. Um, this game is on the NFL Network at 6 p.m. This is in Kid Brewer Stadium in Boone, North Carolina. App State is favored by three and a half. The over under is 55 and a half. App State is also favored on ESPN. Uh, Cam Fancer, not having a good season. Nowhere near what he was last year. Uh, 172 for 261, 18.04 through the air, seven touchdowns, eight interceptions. However, on the other side of the ball, there's a guy named Joey Aguilar. 2,173 yards passing, 20 touchdowns on the season, six interceptions. You would think with a 4-4 and record, quarterback play would be the first guess as to what that is. Not in the case of Joey Aguilar. Um, App State's defense is truly, truly atrocious this year. Um, they are against uh, USM. They gave up 38 points against ODU. They gave up 21 against Coastal Carolina. They lost, uh, or excuse me, ODU. They gave up 28. Coastal Carolina. They gave up 27. Uh, UL Monroe. They gave up 40 points in a 41 to 40 shootout. And then Wyoming, they gave up uh, 22 points there. Uh, Marshall is coming off of four straight losses. Um, a absolute uh, shootout with NC State, 48 to 41. Um, who is GAST? Georgia State? Yes. Georgia State. Uh, Georgia State, they lost 41 to 24, got dog walked by JMU. Um, and then lost embarrassingly to Coastal Carolina, 34-2-6. Um, I think Aguilar is one of the more talented quarterbacks in the nation for App State, and I think they truly lucked out on that. However, looking at their defensive numbers, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. I think App State, if they do win this one, it's going to be in a close game, but I think Marshall snaps that four-game losing streak this week against the Mountaineers. Uh, I, I'm going to also disagree with this one. I'm going to go with the lesser of the mountain, the lesser of the two Mountaineers, that being App State in this one. Um, I think App State, even though they are having massive defensive problems, uh, I think their offense is just too powered, too high off, too uh, too potent enough for Marshall to stop. Now Marshall plays great defense; they play pretty good, you know, pretty pretty decent defense. But I mean. App State went toe to toe. They had to go in double overtime to beat to lose uh, for North Carolina to beat them. Okay, and they're again they're they're they lost to Wyoming by a score of three. All right, they lost to Coastal Carolina by a score of three, and they lost to ODU by a touchdown. Yeah, because uh, their defense got them in those bad positions, and Aguilar had to force something to make a comeback. Hence, why he has twenty touchdowns on the season. But e- e- even then, I still. Put I, I still if I'm an App State fan put I would put 
the world on Aguilar's shoulders. I think he's going to. I think he's going to do just fine. He can get you out of sticky situations. All that the defense has to do in this situation, because as a West Virginia Mountaineer, we've had to deal with this before. Is defense just didn't exist? Just get one stop, and that'll win you the game. I think for this one, if you get one stop, that wins you the game by at least two two scores. I I do think that Marshall don't. Don't take this as me saying that Marshall is the better team. I just think App State's defense is truly terrible. I think App State has the better offense in this one, and honestly, this is one of those that wouldn't surprise me if it came down to the wire or if uh, App State ended up winning this game. However, I think Cam uh, Fancher is a serviceable enough quarterback and that Marshall defense is good. Uh, we saw that against JMU. Score was three to two going into halftime, but ended up being twenty, 20 to nine. Yeah, yeah. twenty nine. I understand. I hear what you're saying. Give me the thundering herd in this one. I'm going to take the Appalachian State Mountaineers for this one. Um, next up, one of the biggest and best rivalries in college football, and unfortunately, possibly the last time that this will be played. It's Bedlam. It's Bedlam. The Oklahoma Sooners take on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Uh, Oklahoma is seven and one, four and one in conference. OK State is six and two, four and one in conference. This has Big Twelve, uh, big fight feel to it. I should say, um, both teams are tied for the uh, conference lead at this point. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, there's about a five-way tie for the conference lead. Um, if Oklahoma State wins here, that would be massive. Uh, Oklahoma coming off of a bad upset against Kansas. Oklahoma State has won their past four games by decisive margins. Uh, they beat Kansas State by eight. They beat <coughs> Kansas 39 to 32. They beat West Virginia 48 to 34. I'm sorry. And then they beat down Cincinnati 45 to 13. Oklahoma beat down Cincinnati 20 to 6, beat up on Iowa State 50 to 20, beat Texas 34 to 30 in the Red River Shootout, beat UCF 31 to 29 and lost to Kansas 38 to 33. This is in Boone Pickens Stadium in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Oklahoma is favored by five and a half. The over-under is 60. Oklahoma is also favored on ESPN 80.7 to OSU's 19.3. This is the last time for the foreseeable future that Bedlam is played. As it stands right now, Cole, I'm pretty sure you looked it up. It is currently Oklahoma leads 59 to 20, or 80 to 20, I think, is the score that we we looked up last week. 80 to 20 with Oklahoma in the lead. Mike Gundy has been there since the early 2000s. He's coming up on 20 years as head coach for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Very Men, impressive. Very impressive. In an, in an era when we don't see that anymore, um, he's been there for so many memorable moments, especially I'm a man, I'm 40. You know, one of his – probably one of the – one of his, I would say, the most memorable moment of his tenure at Oklahoma State. Uh, at Oklahoma State. 
Um, he's got, you know, he came into the season, they got a rough start. Looked like they were falling off the map, like they weren't going to be any good this year, and then all of a sudden they're bouncing back, and they're now 6-2 and two with one loss in conference. They get blown out by South Alabama. Um, Alan Bowman has not looked great this year. Okay, he is a 1,500-yard passer, but he's got five interceptions to go along with his eight touchdowns. Where the strength of their offense comes from is Ollie Gordon the second. Okay, absolute dog. Trust me, I know we couldn't stop him. Um, he's only got 141 carries for over a thousand yards, and he's got 10 touchdowns to go with it. Um, passing the ball has not been the strength for this Oklahoma State. Uh, offense. However, running the ball with Ollie Gordon is the defense for Oklahoma has looked more like a Brent Venables defense, something that we have been more accustomed to seeing, something that was there when Bob Stoops was there. It is it is something that uh, you know something we saw at Clemson, and he's trying to instill that in Oklahoma. However, we've talked about Mike Gundy and his biggest moments at Oklahoma State. I think this will be the biggest moment for Mike Gundy and the Oklahoma State Cowboys as they make it 21-80. to 80 And uh, Oklahoma State pulls out the win in the very last bedlam as we know it because there is no way, no way, no chance that Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy let Oklahoma walk out of that building with a win as they head into the SEC. There's no way, no way. The one thing about bedlam – um, either last year or two years ago that I thought was very, very special. Um, Lincoln Riley and Mike Gundy. Yeah. This is one of those games where you wish that Lincoln Riley was still at Oklahoma for. Um, just because that matchup, as far as coaching pedigree and everything else for Lincoln Riley and Mike Gundy, um, truly makes these kinds of games feel special. Um, like, I, I don't want to use this example because it's going to sound terrible, but the coaching pedigree of someone like Nick Saban taking on, um, Brian Kelly, it's an amazing coaching matchup and you wish that more of those happen year after year after year. And we've seen that this year with, uh, Lance Leopold and Steve Sarkeesian. Um, we've seen it a few different times. On this particular bedlam, what is going to be for the foreseeable future, as you've said, um, the last one, give me the Cowboys. Um, I want them to beat Oklahoma and win this game. Bang, bang. Bang, bang. Take it away, good sir. All right. West Virginia welcomes in the BY Cougars for the first time as conference opponent. We have we played them many moons ago, uh, back in 2016. We did beat them. However, um, we we did beat them and we went on to win at 10, uh, 10, 10 games that year. Uh, for West Virginia, some keys to this game is play like you did last week. Throw the ball around. Garrett, don't put the ball in harm's way. You did great at that. You've only had two interceptions this year with eight passing touchdowns. Keep doing it. Keep doing it, my man. All right, run the ball. Use the strength of your legs. Had three touchdowns last week, and we talked about this on the recap show. 
is that's the first quarterback to do that at West Virginia in a single game since Pat White. Okay, that's greatness that you are to, you you are in the sphere with in that in that moment. Um, Devin Carter, keep doing what you're doing. Okay, keep letting him pass the rock to you. Let's go, Cole Taylor, big man out wide and tight end. Keep keep doing what you're doing. Jaheim White, C.J. Donaldson. We hadn't seen C.J. Donaldson in a long time. Well, it's felt like years, but it's been a couple weeks. He didn't get the start last week, and he took that personal, as Michael Jordan would say. Um, and he uh, he went over 100 yards, 121 yards last week. So keep doing what you're doing, okay? I saw a stat uh, pop up on social media, and I want to get your opinion on it. Um West Virginia is one of three teams this year, I think, to post uh, over 140 rushing yards a game. I I have not seen that stat, but it is that is something new that you brought to my attention. But it would not it would not surprise me. We do we have ran the ball quite a bit this year. Um, I just thought it was something that was interesting. It is interesting, um, and it's definitely something that I think has contributed to uh, your hot start. I, th- I think so as well. Um, for for our so weaknesses that I see for us, secondary, mm-hmm. secondary. Okay, our defensive line looks solid. Linebacker in, in that entire secondary is thin. Not because we haven't recruited well or we've hit the trans- not hit the transfer portal like we have because of injuries. Trey Lathan got out because of injury. Aubrey Burks was out for injury. He's back now. Um Several of of our of our defensive guys are out for injury as we know it for right now. Um, this is played in Morgantown. Okay, the BYU Cougars will travel to Morgantown. Uh, the line is in favor of WVU ten, ten. You know, in favor of WVU by ten. Okay, the over under is fifty and a half with a seventy. DSPN is giving West Virginia a seventy one percent chance of winning this game. Um. What was I going to say with UCF? Oh, defensively, we held UCF to 27 rushing yards in the second half. Okay? Now, they were able to pass the ball on us, and this is what I'm worried about, is Keaton Slovis comes into Morgantown for the first time since that Elf West Virginia uh, quote that he did last year when he was playing for the Pitt Panthers. Funny how he went from one cat to another. Uh, Anyways... He, if he is in the pocket, stays calm, cool, and collected, he'll hurt you with his arm. They've got a lot of playmakers out wide, okay? Uh, a walking highlight reel and Chase Roberts, okay, for for the Cougars. They also have an amazing tight end. His name escapes me uh, as of right now. Uh, LJ Martin, he, I think he's hurt. He's got an injury, I think. Uh, well, is it him or is it? Hold on. It will tell me here because it's the freshman that I know. Yes, L.J. Martin is out with an injury. Um, I think it is – I do believe it is It is Miles Davis who is coming in. Jackson Bowers. I think Jackson Bowers. Thank you. Thank you. No, that's no, that's not the tight end. I'm trying to – I'm looking. Oh, you're looking for the tight end. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, Miles Davis does come in, I think, for the Cougars this week. However, L.J. Martin is uh, – as far as I know, he is – um, out with an injury for this game. This is a 7 p.m. game. It is a night game in Morgantown. Cole, do you realize that we have play- West Virginia has played only one game that did not end under the lights? We have That's not- awesome. We have not played a single game that has not ended. Th- that we have not 
we have played one game that did not end under lights, and that was last week in UCF. Every game we have played was either a nighttime kickoff or a three thirty kickoff, which then meant that we ended under the lights. That's awesome. Nighttime wish, in Morgantown. Yeah, I wish that LSU would be more firm about um, their night games. I know Saturday night in Death Valley has always been something that's been amazing. Uh, Louisiana Saturday night, Saturday night in Death Valley, however you want to call it. Um, but here lately, it's we've gotten a lot more noon kickoffs, and that's something that I vehemently disagree with. If we're going to play in Death Valley, it needs to be a night. Anyway, sorry, continue. Uh, no, you're fine. But Keaton Slovis will hurt you with his arm. If he stays calm, cool, and collected, doesn't get the pressure on him, then, uh, then yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very worried because the walking highlight reel, which is Chase Roberts, our secondary can't really cover that well. Oh, uh, Isaac Rex. Is Isaac the Rex, tight end. thank you. Rex. Um, he will wreck you on. <laughs> thank you. Uh, I am worried about that. However, I think our defense has not. Um, I think our defense has not uh, 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 forgotten about what he said uh, about West Virginia last year, right before the backyard brawl. I don't think our defense has forgotten about uh, that Keaton loss. Keaton Slovis, that is. Keaton Slovis, yes. Uh, I don't think our defense has forgotten about um, has forgotten about uh, 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 that loss in Pittsburgh last year. Um. I uh, Travis Etienne, who used to be a West Virginia Mountaineers, now at BYU, uh, look for him to be a weakness on that offensive line. Uh, I think as as it stands right now, he has the lowest grade uh, for the offensive line against BYU, and that and that really points to the struggles of why they're not running the ball well and why uh, Keaton Slovis has six interceptions because uh, just has had pressure and made poor decisions. With that being said. Everybody on the offense is fairly healthy that I know of. Garrett Green will be there. Donaldson will be there. Jaheim White will be there playing. Devin Carter, Cole Taylor, Preston Fox, Rodney Gallagher, Hudson Clement, EJ Horton. All these guys are going to be on that, you know, along with the offensive line. Your pick, sir. Despite... The fact that no, let me let me phrase this a little bit better. Despite the offensive production and defensive woes that have fallen, um to the Mountaineers. Give me W in Morgantown. I mean, come on. This you, you, be, had me, you, you had me in the first half. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm glad. That was my, uh, that was my intention there. No, uh, give, me, give me W in this matchup. I'm not just saying that because it's Alabama week and I'm trying to suck, uh, suck up to you. Um, no, I think that this is a... Uh, this is a game that West Virginia is going to win fairly handedly. Uh, we saw what happened to uh, against UCF when uh, West Virginia is kicking on all cylinders. I think W wins this game and clinches bowl eligibility this week. Go ears. Go ears. 
That was Headphone loud warning. even for I'm me. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, and I can't turn down the volume. So I could go into my normal politicking self when it comes to LSU and Bama. I could say um, LSU is going to absolutely dog walk Alabama, LSU by a million. There's no way the dynasty's dead, you know, all this other stuff. I could say all that, and I'm probably going to say that at some point this week. Um, that being said, this I'm not even going to really focus on LSU's production just yet. Alabama, so far this season, has not put together a full 60 minutes of football in any of their games. I think that's very, very fair to say. First half against Tennessee, second quarter against Texas A&M, second half against Arkansas, first half against Ole Miss, fourth quarter against Texas. This Alabama team is not the same Alabama team that's been in the SEC dominating for the past what, 10 years at this point? LSU, offensively in the nation, is first in third down conversions, first downs, and overall point production per game. This is the same Alabama team who gave up over 200 passing yards to the teams on their schedule that can actually throw the ball. This LSU Tiger team puts up 500 yards a game through the air on average. That's not a uh, hyperbole. That is an average. Jane Daniels is an absolute freak of nature at quarterback. He has gotten the job done for the Tigers time and time again. Jalen Milrow is sneaky underrated for the Crimson Tide. He's not Jalen Hurts. He's not Tua. He's not Mac 10 But he is a good quarterback, and I'm tired of saying that he's not. He is a very talented quarterback for the Crimson Tide. If Bama comes into this game ready for a dogfight, because that is exactly what it's going to be. We are going to lose this game, plain and simple. If Bama comes in and puts up a touchdown or two early on and LSU does not rebound from that or answer, there is no way we are going to win this game. I think at the end of the day, the point that I'm going to make here. Bama's been able to get away with a lot of mistakes this season. We saw that very clearly against Texas early on. Um, they got away with quite a few mistakes until they didn't, and Texas was able to capitalize. I think this Tiger team is as good, if not better, than that Texas team. And this Alabama team is soft defensively. Their mind's not in it. Their heart's not in it. 
They're not competing for each other out there. They're just competing because they can say that they went to Alabama. And I think there is going to be major restructuring for the Crimson Tide in the offseason via transfer portal, uh, scholarship opportunities for people, you know, everything like that. LSU's pass rush has not been good. Our secondary hasn't been – we're not DBU anymore. This isn't the 2010s, the early 2000s with Tyron Matthew, Pat Pete. Um, heck, this isn't even 2019 with Derek Stingley and uh, you know, any member of that 2019 team. Um, we're four years out from that. This Tiger team is good enough to beat Alabama. Case in point – Last season, Daniels runs it in from 15 out to secure the win for LSU in Death Valley. Can he be the third quarterback in SEC history to beat Nick Saban twice in a row? We'll see. I am scared. I am terrified for this game. I'm not going to say that I'm not. However, I have nothing but hope for this Tiger team, and if I had to make a pick in this game, I'd say LSU by a million. Owen, the floor is yours. So there are two things that I am concerned about, one for each team. The biggest one for Alabama, and that is their offensive line. They can't. They're having a hard time running the ball. Uh, Jalen Milrow is constantly being forced out of the pocket. Now you can tuck it and run, and he can. And, and he's halfway decent passer. He's no Bryce Young. Which and I'll give the flowers where they're due as well. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, McClellan, their running back, is a stud. Um, he's been able to force runs that should not have happened. He should have had a five- to six-yard loss, and he's instead carried it out and run the ball like a grown dang man. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. You're fine. Offensive line, obviously, for Alabama. Uh, for LSU, it is the secondary. Yeah. Now, if you have a defense that shows up just like Auburn, like you did at Auburn, then no problems, no yeah, questions asked. Yeah, we win every single game. Yes, no questions asked. Perfect, okay? Um, excuse me, I'm going to sneeze here. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. Anyways, um, LSU's offense, though. Alabama does not have the the deadliness to them that they once did, like you've said before. Bless you again. Thank you. Uh, Jaden Daniels, phenomenal. I mean, 25 touchdowns, three interceptions. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Come on. Um, Stud. This isn't Bryant-Denny. Bryant-Denny is not known for being loud unless, unless they feel threatened. They will be feeling threatened uh, on this game. However... Uh, however, you know, I, I think I think the crowd will obviously is going to be on the side of Alabama. I think that gives Alabama a boost. And um, Jalen Milrow may have the game of his life, along with uh, uh, 
you know, that whole backfield, Ch- Jace McClellan and, and Jalen Minerow just may pop off and, and have the game of their lives and just toss the ball around, having a wonderful time. And, you know, for LSU, it's still not going to matter because go Tigers, baby. Let's go! <laughs> you were getting really nervous there, weren't you? I was. I'm not even going to lie. Uh, applause. 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 For who? For me or for who? applause from who, Jay? All of it all. Um, I, I really, you were like, oh no! I could, I could feel your stomach drop. Hey, I could you know hear what? it. Now that you've officially picked LSU, um, Jalen Milrow and Jace McClellan can have the games of their lives. It won't matter. LSU is going to be up by thirty-five anyway. Exactly. Uh, this is this is a game where I feel it, it, since 2019. This is a game I feel extremely confident that LSU can handle them. Um, defense just got to show up. Yep. Defense has just got to show up for you. That is my biggest concern. One hundred percent. My biggest knock for them is yes, Alabama's not lethal like they once want once were, but they can be. Yes, if your defense doesn't show up. However, the offense just yeah. it's unmatched. Yeah, unmatched. Um, Unless you're Florida State and Ole Miss. But other than that, unmatched. Unmatched. Um, um, no, if if Alabama wouldn't have had that home loss against Texas in week two, I would not feel confident in this game. I If Bama would have beat Texas, I would be terrified right now. But they didn't. LSU is better than Texas. I will put my money where my mouth is on that. Horns down. I know horns I picked down. them this week, but horns down still. Um, no, it's going to be a very good game. Um, LSU by a million. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, so with that, that's going to wrap things up here on the Panther Pod. Uh, Cole, I made the challenge to you that we were able to do a 45-minute episode. Sub-45? We were not sub-45. We are right at 45, my good sir. Let's go. We are right at 45. Uh, But it's been a good episode. Look, look, when we actually get on a normal schedule, we can do a decent, halfway decent episode in a halfway decent time. There you go. uh, But for that, thank you for listening to the Panther Pod this week. I am Owens Pelnick. My name's Cole Connor. And this has been another edition of the Panther Pod. Go ears. Go Tigers.